So good to be here this morning. So I just want to read out of Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 this morning, and that is um, pretty much going to be our only scripture this morning. Hebrews 12, verse 1, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, so I, I want to do a little bit of a demonstration here this morning. Um, I wonder if I can get like like three young men, just like three young men. Come on, like, come on, this is like three young men. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. So, so let's let's do it this way. Okay. So, Joel, you need to you need to uh, your name again is Bjorn. No, you need to you need to jump on Bjorn's back. Yeah. Okay. Let's piggyback there. All right. So, so this this guy here has given his life to Jesus. All right. But so is this guy. But this guy's dealt with a bit of uh, stuff in his life already. He's had some times with the Lord, and the Lord has uh, shed some weight. But this guy's still carrying a bit of weight on him. All right? So it talks about running the race with endurance. I want, I want you guys to do a race quickly here. Okay, you start over here. This is your starting line. And you're going to run around everyone right here. Okay, and then we're going to see, we're going to see who wins this race. Are you ready? Come on, guys. We need, we need a bit of cheering here, all right? Okay. Three, two, one, go! <laughs> Come on, go, 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 go! <laughs> come on, come on, come on! Ah, <laughs> oh, the devil is busy there at the back. Ah, <laughs> oh, awesome, man. Okay, yeah, give them a hand. Thank you, Bjorn. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that is such a picture of what this, this very verse is all about. Letting go of the weight and sin so that we can endure this race that is before us. I mean, can you imagine if there was a hundred laps here? Do you think Bjorn was going to last? I don't think so. I think he was going to give up eventually. He was going to be like, I'm done. I'm finished. And I must say, for me personally, that has pretty much been my life verse, if I've got to think about it. That has been the one verse in my life that has stood out and that I've always had this, always come back to me, that I've always had to deal with. So this morning, you're going to get to know me a little bit, who I am, a little bit of my testimony. And uh, yeah, so my name is Tony. And uh, this over there, can, can you stand, please, my love? That's my beautiful wife, Jo. Uh, <laughs> of almost 20 years, we've been married for almost 20 years, and uh, my two boys over here, Elijah and Joel, 17 and 15, and then our two girls, which is in uh, kids ministry, uh, Aaliyah and Eden. So yeah, we're a family of six, we've moved down from, from Benoni, and, um, and just a little bit about me, we, I was born in 1980, so I'm 43 years old, and I was born in a little town called... Brackpan. Wow, to even say that this morning took a lot of courage. 
<laughs> and so I was one of four children. I was the only boy. Um, and I was, uh, I was a lot lamiki. I mean, my younger sister is eight years older than me. So I was, I was like, almost like an old, only child, if you think about it. And, um, and I was born into a, to a middle to lower class white Afrikaans family. And really, uh, man, there were a lot of struggles in my family. Poverty was really a mindset, I would say, and we struggled a lot within our family. So many times I've asked myself, why? Why this family, Lord? Why was I born into Brackpan? Like, why me, Lord? Why into these life circumstances? Why have I been dealt these cards? Why me, Lord? Why? why? Like, have you thought about that for your own life? Why, why Lord? Why am I where I am? And, um, and so this really reminded me of a, of, a, of a story in the Bible with Esther, in the book of Esther. And so Esther is this Jewish girl. She was born into this, um, this time, this season of Israel's existence, of, of, the, of the Jewish existence. They were in slavery. Can you imagine a little girl born into slavery? She must have thought, Lord, why me? Why this time? Why? What have I done to deserve being born into slavery? Can you imagine? And then, to top it all off, as a little girl, her mother and her father dies. Who knows of what? Maybe because of a result of slavery. Maybe they got sick, whatever, in, the day, in that day. But then she was sitting with our parents. And then her uncle had to take her in, and she was raised by her uncle, uh, and his name is Mordecai. And so, during that time, women especially, I mean, not even to say that, like, if you're a slave, you had no voice, right? But women especially had no voice in that day and age. And so, uh, a decree came from, from the king's palace, uh, and he was looking for a new queen, and uh, all the virgins in the land had to present themselves before the king. Oh. And she had no choice. She was a slave, she was a virgin, and she had to go and present herself to this king. And um, imagine what she must have thought. My life means nothing. Why was I born into this situation? And you know, we can learn something from her uncle Mordecai. Wise words. He said to her, my girl, have you not considered that maybe you were born for such a time as this? Consider that. Maybe you've been born for such a time as this. And you know what? One event led to another, and she became queen. The king chose her to be queen. And so she exposed a guy called Haman, who has been the one who tortured the Jewish nation and um, wanted to kill them all. And so one thing led to another, and she basically saved her people, saved her nation from being tortured and from being slaughtered. How amazing is that? So the story really teaches us that maybe you and me, for such a time as this, we have been born. And uh, you know that God's people are out there. His people are out there, and his people are struggling his people are under oppression from the enemy. And maybe you and me, he's placed exactly where he wanted us to be for such a time as this. 
And so um, as a young boy, to carry on a little bit with my story, I, um, I was exposed to a lot of brokenness in my life, really, through my, my family and just through the world around me. My father was an alcoholic. Um, I hardly saw him sober, to be quite honest with you. Um, he was either passed out on the couch in front of the TV or he was passed out under the car working on his car. You know, and um, as a boy, that is what I got to know about my dad, who's supposed to love and cherish his boy and his son. There was a lot of constant fighting between, between him and my mother. They were always fighting about something, you know. And uh, like I said, poverty was just a mindset. My mother, she tried her best to just keep the family together. She tried her hardest. And one day, when I was a young man, she told me, you know what? Me being the fourth child, things were so difficult. She, couldn't, she didn't see chance for a fourth child. And so she took some pills to try and abort me. I was not supposed to be here. I don't know how I dodged that one. But she told me this, not to discourage me. She told me this to say, God has a plan for your life. Hey? Amazing. I mean, the world around me, I had some terrible friends they exposed me from a very young age. I'm talking about 10, 11. Um, they exposed me to stuff that no young man should ever be exposed to. And that really fried my brain in a, in a big way. So, so I became a boy, very withdrawn, very sheltered. Like very, I pushed people away. Maybe because I didn't want any, any other person in this world to break me any further. Or any other person in this world to reject me any further. So I became extremely introverted. I didn't want to fill the room. I didn't want to say anything. And I took on this terrible habit of stuttering. I, I was a terrible, terrible stutterer. And um, I would rather not engage with people. I think just because out of the, the point of not wanting to be hurt again or rejected. And so I took on... This identity, I took it on. This is just who I am. I'm this boy, this stutterer, and I'm not going to bother you. And that, that was just who I am. A burden. I'm a burden. I'm unloved. And I'm rejected. That is what I took on. Bottom line is, I was stuck. I was stuck. And so one of my earliest moments in life with getting unstuck was, one, was when I was in grade three. How old are you when you're in grade three? But How old are you in grade three? Eight. Round about there. So that was one of my earliest memories when I got unstuck. And so my, as you know, I was a stutterer. And my, my teacher asked random questions. And then she pointed to me and she said, Tony. Here's a question. Please stand up and answer the, cl uh, the class. It's my worst nightmare. It became a reality. I had to speak in front of people. So I stood up. And now I had to answer. And I'm like. And it was so embarrassing. It was so, so embarrassing. And she stopped me. She's like, stop it. She said, I want you to breathe. Think about what you're saying. 
and then slowly say it. And so as embarrassing as that moment was, she spoke some truth and she gave me some handles in my life. And the more I practiced it, the more I got unstuck. Here I am standing before you today, unstuck in the area of speech. And, and I must say, this stuttering thing is, is such a symbolic picture of, of many things in my life. Where I got stuck, and the Lord had to unstuck me. There have been many areas. I'll give you some examples. Like I said, my identity was an area that I got so stuck in. People, I want to say, one of the biggest things that the, that the, the enemy is, is, is um, targeting people at is their identity today. Their identity, who they are in Christ. And uh, I saw myself, like I said, insignificant, rejected, and, uh, and so, yeah, I just shrunk away from life. That was my identity. Later on, I found out that I got a gift of music. So then I grabbed hold of that because I thought, let me become good at that so that I can be accepted by people. And that thing became an idol in my life. And then the Lord had to break that as well. God is like, you, your identity is not being a musician or a worship leader. Your identity is my son. You are my son. Another one is being in, an introvert. Man, I want to say, I know people have got a different makeup in life. You know, it takes all sorts in this life. But I want to say, God's kingdom is not being served by you being an introvert and withholding from speaking the truth into people's lives or from speaking Jesus. All right. And that is perhaps a thing that the Lord wants to unstuck you with this morning. Uh, another thing is the fear of man. Oh, my word. You know, uh, I had such a fear of disappointing people, of being a failure in front of people, in the area of worship, in the area of leading a community group, in the area of becoming an elder, in the area of leading a church for three years. I had such a fear of man that I would fail people. God had to break that thing in my life. I was thinking, what will people think if I fail? What if I disappoint people? Fear caused me, the fear of man caused me not to step out for God. The fear of man could cause you right now this morning to be the very thing to not step forward in following Jesus. Then, when I did eventually step out and follow Jesus, you know what I did? I didn't trust him to lead me in the moment. So you know what I did with worship, with preaching? I started over-prepping. Yo, I'm going to over-prep. I'm going to over-prep because I did not want to fail. I did not want to make it look like, I, I, like I'm weak in any area, uh, you know? So I over-prepped. And that was another thing that the Lord, and quite, quite frankly, he's still busy unstucking in my life. Okay. 
if that is even, if I can say, unstucking. Okay. All right. Another area in my life was being successful. Man, being well-known or having a good career was a thing that I strived for. And uh, out of this fear of failure, it was motivated by fear of failure. And the Lord had to ask me in my walk with him, he's like, Tony, can you, that thing you're striving for, that thing that you think in your mind will be successful, or you'll, you'll be a success when you uh, uh, achieve this, or you'll be happy when you have this career, can you lay that thing down? That thing is weighty on your life. Can you lay it down? Because it's slowing you from following me. It's another thing I had to lay down. Lifestyle. Sure, lifestyle is one. I mean, we've never had, we've never been one to, to be extravagant. But you know, it, it's maybe not an obvious sin. But do you know that motorbike? Or that couch. Oh, that's such a nice couch. I'm going to buy that thing. Or that house. Or that car. Whatever. If it slows you down from following Jesus, God is asking you to lay it down. All right. Sin. Man, like I said, at the age of 11, I was exposed to stuff I, was, I should never have been exposed to. That personal, private sin in my life has been something that has weighed so, so heavy for years. In actual fact, it's not just weighed me heavy, it's paralyzed me. Absolutely paralyzed me. And the Lord wants to come and set you free this morning. He wants to. And so this, this really is the story of my life. It's been a lifetime of getting unstuck. You know, God saves in a moment. I got saved at the age of 15. He saves in a moment. But my oh my, who knows that the road is not easy after that. There's a lot of work to be done in getting unstuck with stuff. Getting untangled. Man, my life situation around me, the thing I was born into, my mindset. There's a lot of climbing through that uh, bob wire. Man, and it, it wants to hold you so desperately. All right. So Hebrews 12, really, guys, teaches us that we all have a measure of weight and sin that we need to deal with. We all have stuff clinging to us. Bible says, no, there's not one that is righteous. Not one. We have all sinned and fallen short. We have all been born into a broken world. I want you to know this morning, don't be ashamed of where you are at. Come on, that is why Christ came. If you've got issues, if you've got weight that's weighing you down, don't let the enemy put shame on you this morning. He has come to set you free. And you know what is that shame? It's that condemnation from the enemy that stops us from standing up for Jesus. And saying, Lord, I, I need your help to get unstuck. I need your help. 
All of us. You know what is what has been an incredible thing in my life that helped me get unstuck? Like I said, it's been a lifetime thing. I got saved at the age of fifteen. But it's to be found in God's classroom. That moment I was in that classroom and the moment that teacher spoke truth into my life was a freeing moment. When I'm found in God's classroom, this environment, a community environment, and when the teacher can speak truth into your life, yes, it might be Aina. Yes, you might be like, yes, this thing's hurting. But that has been the stuff that has freed me. It's this environment, being in God's classroom, that has freed me up. I want to say this morning that we don't need to hold on to our broken identity. We don't need to hold on to our circumstances. God wants to set us free. I mean, there are other examples in the Bible. Many, many, many examples. You know Peter? Peter, when he rejected Jesus, he got stuck in that place of, I'm a failure. I disappointed God. He got stuck in that place until Jesus came and found him and set him free. Later on, Peter, now you'd think, oh, Peter's free. Now he can go and be the rock of the church. What does he do later on? We read, he was ashamed to be seen with the Gentiles. He held, he held on to his culture. And Paul had to rebuke Peter. Yo, that's Aina. But you know what? That's something in Peter's life that he had to deal with, that he was still so stuck in. My culture. I cannot be seen with the Gentiles. Now, what about Thomas? That unbelief. He got stuck in a place of like, I, I, I can't believe it until I see it. Don't be stuck in unbelief. There's Judas, who got stuck in personal gain. Probably stuck in depression until it cost him his life. And you might say to me, but Tony... How do you suppose I get unstuck? You don't understand my situation. You don't know my background. You don't know what I was born into. You don't know the abuse that I've, I've had to face all my life. What do you know, Tony? How do you suppose I get unstuck? And you're right, I don't know you. But God knows you very, very well. God is sovereign. And I want to say to you that Paul says that he's not ashamed of the simple gospel. Because the gospel is a power unto salvation. When you're found in God's classroom, do you know what happens? Your gaze is on the teacher. I don't have the answers. I don't. But what we can do is, we can say, come, let's go. Let's gaze on the teacher this morning. Let's see what he has to say in your life. Because you know what? He, he knows exactly who you are. And he knows 
how to get you unstuck. Jesus took it all. He took it all. That thing that you're dealing with, that weight that is weighing you so heavy, you know that he chose to be stuck to the cross. That nail that went through his feet and his hands. He was stuck to the cross because that is what we deserved. But he exchanged it because he loves you. He loves you. And because he was stuck to the cross, we can be unstuck. The fact that you are stuck at the moment is a lie from the enemy. When he says, you can't move. I have you exactly where I want you. That's a lie. It's an absolute lie. Jesus has come to unstuck every single one of us. Whatever you may be facing. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But denying yourself is to deny what your, what your flesh is going after, is to lay your life down and say, this identity of mine is no longer me. Jesus says, is to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And you know, so there's things that we carry on that is so heavy. Oh Lord, but how could I ever, like, how could I ever live without this car? Or how could I ever live without this, without this kind of lifestyle? Oh Lord, you know what I'm, I'm attracted to. Surely you made me that way. God is asking us to lay it down. Pick up our cross and follow him. So yes, it's about laying down the weight and the sin. The stuff you identify with at the moment. But it's about taking up your cross. And it's about taking on the identity of Christ. You are a son and a daughter of Christ. You know, we read of Jesus in the Bible that he healed many lame, many paralyzed. You just say, come get up and walk. We read of that a lot. And I want to say that Jesus is still healing those who are stuck, who cannot get up, who cannot move forward. He wants to do that this morning. If you're feeling like, man, I'm just lame. I feel like I cannot move forward. Jesus is saying, he wants to heal you this morning. I wonder if, um, Delia, can you just play in the background there for me, please? Thanks. Like I said, there's every single one of us this morning. have got a a measure of weight and sin that we have to deal with. 
Paul is saying, let us lay down the weight and sin that so easily entangles us so that we can run this race with endurance. And, uh, and there, so there's many here today that have got things weighing them down. Maybe it's a, a mental illness. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression. Maybe you're dealing with a disappointment where you've just built up walls. Maybe you've had to deal with a lot of abuse in your life. Maybe you're stuck in sexual sin and you just don't know how to get out of it. Maybe you're weighing heavy with a broken identity. Or even right here this morning, as I'm preaching about Jesus, this thing that has got you stuck is unbelief. That Jesus really... And then the one thing I really felt this morning as I was preparing this, the Lord highlighted this for me, was apathy. Apathy. You know, don't, don't get stuck with the crowd. Who crucified Jesus? Well, I'm not for Jesus. I'm not against him. I'm just going to kind of like look to see what happens. I'm not going to act in any way. I'm not the one who's putting the nails in, in the cross. I feel like Jesus is saying, don't get stuck with apathy. How many people will go to hell because they've had apathy? Jesus is in the business of getting us unstuck he's done it for me in so many areas of my life he's still doing it he's still working things out in my life you know there's a story in the bible where Jesus walks and there's a a pool of healing and it says that there's a man He's 38 years old, and for 38 years, he's been lying there, paralyzed. Not being able to get up. And then, um, Jesus asks this man a very important question. This is a very important question. And I believe that he's asking every single one of us this morning. So when I'm reading this, Let it be as if Jesus is asking you this question. It's simple. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Because all of that stuff 
that you're dealing with was stuck to the cross. He's dealt with it already. So Jesus is saying, get up and walk. Get up and walk. You don't need to hold on to that stuff. So I believe that um, I believe that there needs to be a great response this morning to the Lord Jesus. If you're dealing with any weight, which I'm quite certain every single one of us are dealing with something. Let us respond to him this morning. If you're saying, Lord, please help me. I've been laying here for 38 years. I'm so tired of this thing I'm stuck in. If that's you, Won't you stand with me this morning and say, Lord, help me get unstuck in this area. Thank you. Let us respond to the Lord this morning. Let us respond to him this morning.